I always say you can strip away everything about a company. And what exists when you strip out the people and the brand, what exists underneath it is a model, which is when money goes in, does money come out faster? (laughs) It's really simple, actually. All you have to do is think about strip away everything else, all the noise, all the complexity. And underneath this business, is this a sort of model that gets stronger over time? It gets bigger as it gets better? Or is this model that's going to limp along and it's really hard to make money? And how many steps have to happen before you really make money? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the FinTech Leaders Podcast, where we learn from today's global leaders in FinTech business and beyond. Coming to you from New York City, I'm your host, Miguel Armasa. My guest today is Alexa Von Tobel, co-founder and managing partner at Inspired Capital, an early stage VC based in New York City with over $500 million in assets under management. The firm was founded by Alexa and Penny Pritzker, former U.S. Secretary of Commerce, and has backed some outstanding fintech companies, including Phoenix, Roe, Habi, Orum, Public.com, and Camino. In this episode, we discuss Alexa's background and entrepreneurial adventures and why she dropped out of Harvard Business School to build LearnVest which she then sold for $375 million. Lessons learned in the last three years since launching Inspired and their process to look for and find exceptional founders with relentless determination. The reasons why Alexa is excited about the impact of fintech internationally, especially in places like Latin America, and why she loves hosting her own podcast Inc. Founders Project, where she's interviewed over 150 incredible founders and what she's learned from them. It's a really good podcast and you should check it out. Now, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Alexa from Inspired Capital. All right. Well, Alexa, welcome to the FinTech Leaders Podcast and and welcome back uh, to an interview with me um, for a second time. So thanks, thanks for your patience. Bear with me. How, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. First of all, thanks so much for having me. Congrats on all your latest success. We're, we're rooting for you. And uh, just thanks again for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, well, Alexa, uh, let's, let's just dive right into it. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, and I, I definitely want to talk about LearnVest and talk about, you know, Inspired, right? Because you you do have quite a fascinating background. So maybe we can start on your entrepreneurial side, you know, how you got started as an entrepreneur and then why did you decide to continue uh, more in an investing role? Sure. So first, I think I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, I grew up in Florida. Uh, I went to Harvard undergrad and pretty much by then I could verbalize that I was an entrepreneur, but yeah, as early as I can remember, I was kind of building things. My lemonade stand was like, you know, selling things out of our house that I was in trouble selling type thing. And I've always been really business minded. Um, got to Harvard undergrad and had applied for HBS, had gotten in and uh, deferred for two years. And so had moved to New York, spent some time at Insight Venture Partners on the investing side. And then a friend called and was building a company that I went to uh, go help build that ended up getting acquired by Facebook. And that was sort of my first time sitting next to and seeing sort of an engineering team at work. 
And nights and weekends, uh, the, the kind of year prior, I'd started a company on the side called LearnBass, really built out of you know my own desire to build something. So went back to HBS in the fall of 2008, Lehman Brothers went under, and the business plan that I'd been building for LearnBass, which was to help empower America's wallet, particularly with young people and bringing them digitally online for their wallet, seems like the exact right time to go do it, as scary it was personally. So I dropped out of HBS uh, uh, December of 2008 and stood up LearnBass and five years later sold that for $375 million. And basically realized, uh, and we were one of the kind of earlier fintech companies, fintech wasn't a word back when I started it, for example. And we were in the New York tech ecosystem. And in the back of my head, I always said, I, I want to build the fund that I wish existed for me when I was a founder. It was a really simple thought that you know I just wanted a feeling, a flavor of what I wanted from capital. And I said, I want to go build that. Uh, and Inspired was literally born out of that thought. And I, I, I tend to like to build things where I know how the end consumer feels and I can support them and be them. And so Inspired is like nothing you know, different that I've, I founded and built. Uh, this is just more fun because I get to do it with a, a team that I've worked with now for most of the people on the team, the partnership are people I've known for either 20 years or worked with for 12 or worked with for 10. So um, it's my favorite people doing my favorite thing. And this is literally a, a dream of a job. So Inspired three years in now, we're having a blast. We're working really, really hard and keeping our heads down. Alex, I'm, I'm curious, you, you were uh, an investor, uh, VC, in that gap between your undergrad and, and, and the MBA. We've seen a few examples of entrepreneurs, of VCs turned entrepreneurs. What do you think is the biggest advantage for someone like that who, who comes from the investing world and then decides to operate? Um, for me, I think I've always been very framework minded in business. I I, I'm, I mean, I became a certified financial planner. I've always been really good at math. That's probably one of my, my actual talents. But so I think what was helpful to go uh, investor, entrepreneur, investor was that at the end of the day, it just helps you understand at the end there is this model that's going to limp along and it's really hard to make money and how many steps have to happen before you really make money. And so that mindset is, is straightforward. And Learn best. I was really passionate about the category. It was a really hard business. And so I actually think it was helpful to run a brutally hard business. It was regulated before regulated. It was a long way to make money. Consumer change was in it. So all of those things actually, I think, sharpened my pencils because I know what it feels like to run a really painful business. It's more fun to run one that's better. So that gives you a flavor of two things. One, just really you know, understanding the models and how things work and actually can get rid of all of the noise and look at the business model. And then I actually ran a really hard business. And I think that that actually gave me a lot of empathy for founders too, because nothing about LearnBest was easy. And so three years in, what have you learned over the last three years that inspired? And I guess, how has that informed your decision-making process at, a, at the time of picking a, a company that you're going to back? Um, we've learned so much. I mean, if you think about the last three years, this has been one of the wildest environments that you can start anything in, right? Global pandemic, unprecedented amounts of change, unprecedented amounts of digital change. I mean, so that, that's just the backdrop. I kept saying we started the year in 2020 and we ended in 2030. So that basically tells you what I feel like we've learned, which is like the world catapulted pretty, pretty powerfully forward. As it pertains to how we think about businesses, not much has changed, is the truth. You know, there's nuances here and there, but 
you know, we we look for exceptional founders and the word exceptional is literally exceptional. And so that that, that bar is very, very high. And, you know, being a team of founders ourselves, like we we just not only do we like know what it takes, we've been there. And so it really, it, it, it's a specific lens to think about um, a team of people and, you know, their unfair advantages to approaching a business. Two, we like to think about the the product, the market, you know, the, uh, and I think we just have a high bar in terms of like what's being built. And then I, I, there's a summary and I, this, I can't own it because this is not mine. Somebody else gave this to me and I love it, which is, we kind of think of it as simply as like, we're looking for a great surfer on a good enough surfboard riding a tsunami. Um, and we just look for that over and over again. And I think, so nothing, nothing about that has changed. There's elements that have gotten like nuances where, you know, in an, an environment like this, which is really, really hard, it's unprecedented. It's very ambiguous. We, we look for founders who we think are better at managing capital because this is capital just got a lot more expensive over the last 90 days. And so we're really focused on capital allocators as a feature of CEOs. Are they really good at that? And, you know, some learning on the job is always okay, but making sure they really understand how to manage capital. That's an example of something that we care more about going forward. But for the most part, you're looking for exceptional people building exceptional things, and those don't come along that often. One other thing I will just say um, is this is just a, a truly exciting time in that just humans don't change, right? I always say technology changes, it's evolving rapidly, but humans, and I studied psychology undergrad, humans are we're like miserable at change. <laughs> we're really bad at it. Um, I remember my day in my, like one of my first classes in the, uh, like mind brain behavior where the, you do cross your arms one way and then learn to cross them the opposite way. And it takes like on average 28 days for us to do that. It's such a simple task because we're just terrible at change. This has been this just really weird, unique moment in human history where we have all had out of necessity for survival and for, for getting through the pandemic together, we did change a lot of behaviors. And so that's, that specific thing is the thing I've been most intrigued and excited about um, because it allows for things that didn't, that made no sense, you know, years ago to make sense today. You've mentioned in the past that you look for entrepreneurs with relentless determination. I'm wondering, how do you measure that? Great question. Um, we look for relentless founders. Um, but the second piece of it is really not only are relentless in that they're tenacious, they work really hard. They don't take no for an answer. They can, they have the elegance, the finesse to not take no and figure out how to turn it into a yes properly. They're creative, they're resourceful, they're scrappy, all of those words, but truly the best founders will things into existence. They, they literally take nothing and they figure out a way to turn it into something that's real and that's tangible and they can keep moving forward. And they they make things happen that people say are not possible. That's what we're looking for. And that's just a certain level of skill. It's 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 multidimensional, it's unique. And that's one of the things that we we do look for. Yeah, fantastic. And and you you have found founders like that in the US, of course, but more recently you you've started to to look outside of of the borders of the US and then Namely, you, you've backed uh, two companies in Latin America, for example, uh, Habi and Camino, one that we actually share in, in our portfolios. Yep. Um, would love to hear more about your strategy of looking outwards uh, to Latin America or elsewhere about your international expansion. Sure. 
So we are fortunate as a team uh, at Inspired that in fintech, you know, it's been our life's work for 15 plus years now. Um, but we've touched some really, really special companies um, early uh, in, in a variety of ways among the team. And, you know, our, our team has invested in companies literally ranging from your Lemonade, your Chimes, your Ladder Life, your Ethos, your Penny was investor in Coinbase, like et cetera, et cetera. So we've, we've seen a lot in fintech specifically. Uh, and we have a really good sense of what works and what works well and what works at scale. And, and so as a result, there's certain businesses that we really like and that we're excited to go think about other other regions where that we think where that human behavior change doesn't have to happen, right? Right. It's the same, it's the same possibility um, uh, in terms of customer support, customer experience, but just in a market where it doesn't exist yet. And so there are a number of things that we're excited about. There are a number of things that we've been looking at and we're 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 excited and pumped about both Hobby and Camino. Um, the other thing there with both of them is those are really, really unique teams where they had a depth of experience um, uh, unique to those ideas uh, that they were going after. And Camino looks a lot like a company that we invested in the United States called RHO, um, uh, a really, really special bank that's doing quite well. And so that kind of gives you a sense of just, uh, sometimes we just keep things simple too. Yeah, happy to see that Everett Cook was a guest also on the podcast from Rogue. Everett, he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so just uh, I guess focusing a bit more on fintech, you you were there in the early days, as you mentioned, probably even before the the word fintech was not even in the mainstream, or maybe not even being used. It was not uh, being used at all. Yeah, not being used at all. And, and so going forward. Um, what inspires you about the fintech industry? Uh, go, you know, looking out in the next decade, for example. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm so inspired by it, and for a variety of reasons. If you're innovating in fintech, you're ultimately helping a normal person's life get better uh, around their wallet. And I won't belabor it, but you know, seventy eight plus percent of the country lives paycheck to paycheck for most of America. Most parts of America, people are really struggling financially. And when you're innovating in fintech, what you're doing is making it more affordable and better for people to access the benefits of our financial ecosystem. So that's a pretty simple mission that I can get behind and has been a lot of my life's work. And you know, LearnVest was about empowering every American wallet to just get better access to advice. You can't live without money. It's really it's health and wealth. Every day of your life, money is a lifeline. It never goes away. Not when you're 60, not when you're 90, never goes away. It matters every day. You have to be able to pay for all the things that keep you alive. And so what I, in a really beautiful and simple, almost poetic fashion, I love FinTech because it's about how do we help people have better access uh, to their wallet, uh, which really is the fuel of their life. What I get excited about is just, we're in just such a, a profound, constant moment of innovation around the wallet. Uh, you know, back in uh, uh, you know when I founded LearnVest in 2007, it was bringing the wallet online, digitizing it, literally bringing it onto the internet. And now you're consistently seeing bringing the wallet into Web three onto blockchain, which is I think incredibly exciting and going to unlock some really interesting things. Where on blockchain, you could open one billion wallets in a millisecond, hypothetically, for free, for people that live with no access to a bank in miles around them. So really step change innovation like that 
to, we were really fortunate to, we call it an inspiration check when we're truly standing up a company, um, a company called Aurum, where it's about money movement and how do you literally make money movement instant. And I believe that there was a big thesis there that we have, which is I believe self-driving wallets will exist. Um, and in fact, I know they will exist. In fact, I want to help build. So anyone listening, if you ever want to build one, come talk to me, please. But you can't build them without money movement being instant and making it so that an algorithm could actually run your wallet. And so that was a really big thesis that we had. And so Aurum is a is a is a powerful company doing that, which is ultimately going to unlock lots of other things over time. And then finally, just being able to make wallets are really complicated right now. Still, you know, I, I, the fact that it's looking at all your money, it's in all these places, getting a sense of where it is, paying your taxes, and we're just constantly making the wallet better and more seamless and more affordable. Um, and I think that's pretty exciting. So, so in short, we look at all aspects of what we call the evolving wallet and everything that touches the evolving wallet and that blend between web two and web three. And I, I love the category as a whole because at the end of it is a consumer who's constantly getting uh, a benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, almost by definition, um, it, most of the fintech projects are going to have positive social impact. And, and I, I really also like that. How about the VC industry? I mean, you, you've been uh, part of it for three plus years. Uh, what have you liked about the industry and where do you think uh, we're falling short? What could we be doing better as a whole? You know, I think. At Inspired, we just kind of keep it simple, which is, you know, I don't have a big criticism of the VC industry at all. In fact, I'm, I'm so grateful. So many people um, helped put us in business and stand us up. And uh, we feel a, an immense amount of gratitude. So many firms went out of their way to help us as we got into business, which is just awesome. I think for what we focus on is just keeping it simple. When we say we're going to do something, do it. Uh, really. Every day we take a lens um, to when we come to work of having been the founders, we we know how much it means to you when somebody actually shows up and delivers more than you expected or solves the problem uh, and and just gets things done. And so that's very much how we think. And we we make a really big commitment to our founders, which is like we will be there whenever you need us, 24 hours a day, text notice to help you build your business better. And we're going to b- bring our best brains so what we're focused on is just every day delivering on our promises. And that sounds really simple, but it's really hard to do really well. And, 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 and that's what we're committed to, which is uh, we really do live for our founders. And, and we're having the time of our lives doing that because we get to help them go build special businesses. And, and, and so that's very much what we focus on. I will say the environment, obviously, the last two years were um, I, I, probably pretty unique in that they were... Uh, you know, things were moving at a, a true breakneck pace. And I think a lot of that um, has reset pretty, pretty significantly. And so I think you're just getting us back to more normal cadence, which I think is probably welcomed by everybody. Also helps founders do the right thing, which is build long-term durable business. We always joke, we're just looking for long-term durable businesses with excellent founders. And so we appreciate just a bit more of the the, the focus of the the environment coming back to just building businesses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and something I like about you, Alexa, is that you're also a fellow podcaster, uh, and you you have a really cool podcast with just amazing guests called Founders Project. What have been one or two learnings that you've taken from from that experience as a podcast host? 
Yeah. So I host the the sort of podcast, the main Inc. podcast with founders called the Founders Project with Alexa. And it's my one of my absolute favorite things to do. Um, and I, I'm thankful. Thank you, by the way, for bringing it up. I've never really spoken about it. At this point, I've interviewed almost 150 founders, most running massive billion, some multi, multi tens of billions of dollar businesses. And what I like about it is you really get a lens into how they did it and what got them there. And it's just incredible to really understand the staying power, the commitment, the there's a psychological lens that founders, really successful founders approach things with. And you just, they can be the most different humans, but there's such a, a unique thread of similarity there. And so one, I learn every day. In fact, it's changed my life. I get to take notes and I bring those back to our founders of just really amazing tidbits. But what I what I love about it is just really getting to see that there there's a shared psychology around willing things to happen, believing that the world deserves better, and then knowing there's a better way and that kind of commitment to that in like almost a higher order nature. And then often they bring just epic amounts of positivity to what they want to do. And that's what makes them magnetic. And that's why people follow them. And you just see it over and over again. And so many is the, you know, just I just had Dapper Labs, I just had uh, carbon health. I just had, uh, you know, everything from toast to, you know, you name it. It's been amazing. Um, just some of your biggest and, 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 and fastest growing companies and uh, bill.com I did last week, $20 billion business. It's just the founders really stand out. Um, so I love it. And it's been, it's been a real joy in my life. Oh, congrats. Congrats. I, I've, I've certainly listened to a lot of, of the episodes and, you know, I, I can relate it. It's just amazing. You know, I, I found myself that some of my guests have become my mentors or investors, friends in many cases. Um, and, and it's just, I'm, I'm grateful every day. So it's super exciting to hear that from you. Um, and, and Alexa, before I, I let you go, you, you've had a lot of success, but uh, no person is an island. So I'm sure you also got a lot of help along the way. Uh, maybe you can tell us a bit about some of the most consequential and and helpful people uh, in, in your, especially in your entrepreneurial journey. I'm also the most obvious is my husband, uh, who is actually my co-founder, literally on, on everything. Um, and I, I, this isn't like a throwaway comment. Literally, my husband is like my most trusted mentor. He is brilliant. He's really brilliant guy, and um, and our one plus one always equals four. And so it's just, he's, he truly is like the person who's always like, you missed this spot. And I'm like, God bless it. I did miss it. You're right. We got we to gotta go fix that. Um, um, no, but we, we, we kind of take to this entire equation of life, which is like the joy of building things together, whether it's humans um, or businesses. And we really do approach life that way. The team at Inspired, hopefully it's um, obvious that, you know, I felt, I've learned a lot in my career that, and it's sort of not a throwaway comment. Like when you're young and in your 20s, you're kind of like team is everything. And you're like, yeah, of course, team is everything. But like team is everything. And so I feel like one of the biggest privileges with Inspired and, you know, really bringing a team together to co-found the firm and, uh, you know, the, the founding team was all people that we handpicked, you know, literally most of whom I've spent my, my full career with. So Annie, um, who's listening right now, literally... I, I hired her when she, she was a Princeton undergrad and like, you know, somehow 
fully almost convinced her to, to drop out, but luckily she didn't. Um, but she, she was with me for 12 years and joined Inspired, uh, you know, literally before I even had contracts to offer. Um, and and people like Penny Mark and Lucy, who again, I've spent so much time in trenches in complicated, hard, gnarly situations with working through things. Um, and there's sort of a joy of the hard that we all love. And, and literally the rest of the, the the team that we've compiled have been people we've known and gotten to know really, 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 really well. Team is everything. It truly is. And like, I have a hundred weaknesses. Um, I have a bunch of blind spots. And I, I think one thing I've learned about myself is like filling my blind spots with people that um, not only can like tell me like absolutely know that it's not going to work, but also the just make sure we're examining things in all the right ways. So that's been, I think, the most joyful thing of the last three years of my life through COVID. Um, we always sort of had a joke at Inspired, which was work was like the best. We used to whisper it. We're like, work is the best thing happening to us right now. Um, and um, and it was just because like we laugh a lot. We have a ton of fun. Uh, and, and we're getting to do the thing that we call our intellectual playground, which is building businesses with unique, epic people. And then the final thing, some of the founders, some of the boards I'm on are people who just become dear friends. Like there's no other way to say it. They're like dear, dear friends that I care about um, on every level. And so people are everything uh, and it takes a village. And, and then obviously my family has just juggled my chaotic schedule and all the things that go into this and um, done it with grace and a lot of support. So no, uh, it takes a village and for all of us uh, and it's still a work in progress. Well, Alexa, thank you for joining. It's uh, always a big joy learning from you and, and, and it's inspiring, no pun intended. And so thanks. Thanks again. And uh, I'm sure everyone's going to love uh, listening to this episode. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Congrats on everything going on in your court. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode with Alexa Von Tobel, co-founder of Inspire Capital. If you want more interviews, make sure to subscribe, follow, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. It helps and means a lot. As always, I want to extend a very special thank you to the great editor, Rafael Ostria, for his amazing work behind the scenes. Signing off till next week, I'm your host, Miguel Armasa.